Don't look back because the market is closed. Good uh, Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harris here with the Daily Bureau Investing Podcast. Hope you had a great day today. Got a lot to talk about. Going to do it quick today. Um, man, I, I just got to tell you, when you, the playbook is the key, right? The first thing in any situation, you got to figure out what the playbook is. I'm going to talk about that a little bit today because we've got the playbook, I believe, wired for both Russia and Ukraine, which does matter, even if you don't care about it. It matters as investors, and I'm going to explain that, why that is. It's part of the playbook that Team Biden is using, which is going to con- help control the stock market. These are very interrelated. Not a lot of people understand this. I'll walk you through it quickly. And the other point is that we get the play- playbook for the markets, because we're in a bear market. We are in a bear It's no longer conjecture. We are in a bear market when it comes to NASDAQ. I'll walk you through that, what the approach is there, because... You can make more money in bear markets than bull markets, and it's fun because it happens in a cr- compressed period of time. And that's going to be our trading approach with certain things going forward. So I'll walk through that a little bit. First of all, we've had a lot of questions about this, so because we've addressed it on these podcasts, Turquoise Hill. Turquoise Hill Resources has been our number one, uh, one of our top two mining picks. But it's our, it's our biggest company, biggest mining stock. I've talked about it here on this podcast. Tyler has as well. But yes, Yesterday morning, they received a buyout offer from uh, Rio, their partner, Rio Tinto, second largest mining company in the world, gave them a, a $2.8 billion buyout offer, I believe it's $2.8 billion, and uh, at about $27 a share. So we've been pounding the table in the stock for a long time. Stock hit a low of four during the uh, uh, coronavirus insanity. Uh, our average cost basis is like 11. And uh, again, the stock is trading right now just, just below where it's going to, uh, where they want to buy the stock at at 27. But I think it's going a lot higher, folks. Uh, I think it's going to go a whole lot higher. I don't believe Turquoise Hill is going to accept this offer, although their board is extremely comprised of also Rio people. This is a very incestuous board. I think this could get a little ugly, which means it may draw out some. But I can promise you this. Rio Tinto, just, Rio Tinto knows that they are not going to buy Turquoise Hill for the ridiculous price that they've offered here of $27 a share. That's not going to happen. I've got $42 is, my, is, is what I, where I believe it's going to happen, $42 a share. But frankly, because I know it's Rio Tinto, I know how, they don't have a good reputation, folks. They have, a, they have a reputation of being pretty slimy, which is how they became number two in the world, because they are, they are ruthless, okay? They're ruthless. I respect that to some degree. But I also know that that means we're not going to get – they'll walk away instead of giving us what we want here. Bottom line, Turquoise Hill, I think, I think it goes minimum to 32 from here. I'd rather see 42, but it, it's, been a, it's been a going so far. So there you go. Uh, come and join us, and we'll, you'll find out about our other picks in this area. We've also got some other uh, new purchases we're about to make in the VRA portfolio. Come and join us for two or three weeks. I don't think you'll leave. I think you'll stay here forever. I really do. Uh, come and join us at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. Okay, good day in the markets today. Let's get to that first. Um, you know, Tyler always gets the shitty days. He just does. He gets the days when the whole world's, whole world's falling apart. And I get the days where it's all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. And that was today. Dow Jones finishing up. I'm going to round up. 600 points at 33,544, up 1.8%. That's up 100, up even more, up 2.1%, up a nice 89 points. Uh, our winner on the day, 
NASDAQ up 2.9%. That's fantastic to see. If you're bullish, NASDAQ, again, in a bear market. It's got a lot of, long ways to go. A lot of damage done here. I, I don't think it's going to last very long, frankly. Rust 2000 uh, was our laggard on the day. It was still up a, bit, a nice 1.4% today. also want to point out um, semiconductors. Also in the bear market. No one's talking about this. SMH, semiconductor in the bear market, up 4% today. This is the nature of a bear market. The rallies are fast and furious, but they don't last long. The playbook. I'm just going to tell you what I think it is. I think the playbook is that we're going to see... Uh, just getting some news coming across on one of my stocks. i got a, one second here. Okay. For all you holders of Patreon One Technologies, this interesting news coming across so right now. Um, the Fed meetings tomorrow. Fed's going to raise rates by a quarter of a point. The Fed is completely stuck here because the economy is slowing. The economy is, 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 is slowing possibly by a lot. Uh, in addition to what's happening with the Russia-Ukraine, you've got what's happening in China now. You've seen Chinese stocks. Tyler talked about these last night. Mike. It's, uh, it's, it's death. These stocks are trading like death. And I think Tyler made a very good analogy to what happened with Japan when Japan's market crashed. You know, that was a 19-year bear market in Japan for real estate. In real estate, this, is, this happened. Real estate prices in Japan, when their market topped in, in 89, real estate prices went down for 19 straight years. They didn't just stay flat. They went down for 19 straight years. The Nikkei Dow lost... 78%, I believe. Well, China's almost there now. Uh, some of their indexes are already down 80%. 80% in a year. This is brutality. But here's the thing. China's not Japan. Japan's at least a, a, a democracy, right? Even if they, you know, not really. They call themselves, of course. These are all rigged jobs. I mean, aren't they, you know, after what we just went through in 2020? I mean, we know that Biden's not really president. So you can't say we're much better, frankly. But at least Japan and the U.S. pretend to be democracies. <laughs> at, least, at least we refer ourselves as that structure of government. China's communists, they've got it right there in the CCP, you know? Chinese Communist Party, they don't even try to hide it. So it's a complete rig job. This is why forever, and Trump knew this. Trump always knew this. They are a paper tiger or a paper dragon, whatever year it is. And they're very easy to dismantle and to tear down. And Trump set that in place with his America First agenda. That's happening. That's still in place. So, you know, again, this is conjecture, but I have to say it looks like this is the playbook to take China down. It looks like it's a coordinated playbook with left and right, maybe, uh, at least our planners, if you will, uh, the, the the good planners that we have <laughs> versus the pandemic planners from the from Rona to uh, control us, to risk the elites, and, uh, of course, take, us, take our rights away. Um, but, you know, it does look like there's a concerted effort here to take down China. It's happening right now. And here's the key takeaway, I believe, from that. Because when I talk to people about this, they, their concern is always the same. Well, shit, that means we're, we're screwed. That means we're screwed. Because we have so much, we're tied to China so closely, they have so much of our debt, Right? They, they, they're set to be part of the global economy. The whole thing's going to crash down. It didn't happen with Japan. Japan, again, went down for 19 straight years. The U.S. took all that slack. It took all that growth. Other parts of the world as well. 
And there's no reason that can't happen with China. Matter of fact, I think it is happening with China. Again, Tyler got this yesterday uh, with semiconductors, all the money being spent to bring to to, to re-onshore all of these uh, uh, so, so, uh, supply lines, logistics, everything that we need to make sure this doesn't ever happen again. Stuff's being coming back home. You know, globalism appears to be dead. And that means China's in trouble. And that's their problem. That's something they got to deal with. But that explains why we don't have to say, yeah, it's going to be dislocation. And we're going to have difficulty. But we don't have to crash. We don't have to have a global depression because of it. Uh, so we'll obviously keep a close eye on that. But there's an opportunity here uh, to trade these stocks, talking about Chinese stocks, from the short side. And that's something that if you, if you guys have an interest in, I'll actually spend some time on. We can go through some charts, and uh, I'll do it with our, our VRA members for sure and show you how these setups work because they're, they're, they're like clockwork. They are like clockwork. And uh, you, know, you, pick a, you look at the charts, and you see where the resistance is, and you can see where the traders trade it. It's pretty clear. I'll give you an example right now on NASDAQ. Take a look at NASDAQ. Look, look, at, look at the brutality of the NASDAQ, just NASDAQ composite chart. And then check, take a look at the 21, 21 EMA. We use the 21 exponential moving average, 21 day. You'll see that for the entirety of this year, that has served as resistance, right, for NASDAQ. In other words, every time it's rallied back up to that level, it's gone lower. That's 1,400 points higher from here. So you, you have these ferocious bear market rallies where you make a, you can make a lot of money in these. And then you go, okay, that's the level. We take profits on our, on our long position and we go short. Anyway, put it out there. That's what we're going to be talking about here. It's a completely different playbook. Again, these are compressed. Bear markets are really compressed. And who knows? This may last three months. It may last six months. It won't be long. Uh, we're already in it. Look, look at look, the average NASDAQ stock is down 50% in the last year. It's already been in a bear market. So a lot of people get stressed out when they hear bear market and they think, oh my God, we're going we're gonna to go through a period of it's going to be awful and we're not going to make any money. It's, no, not at all. Not at all. There's so many great opportunities in bear markets and we're seeing them right now. You know, if you've had precious metals and miners and energy stocks, even as NASDAQ's been in a bear market, look how these groups are doing, right? So, you know, it's just a rotation game, and you've got to be ready for that. And again, nobody catches them all. No, it's impossible. I don't, I don't even try to. That's why we're trend followers, right? We're trend followers because you wait for the trend to develop, and then you, you just, like, react to the trend. And it's, it, it's stress-free as, as much as you can be anyway. And uh, again, you're playing percentages and probabilities, which, uh, which, which I like a great deal. And uh, speaking of percentages and probabilities, that sounds like repeating patterns, doesn't it? Because that's the basis of technical analysis, repeating patterns. And they happen in life too. I'm going to do a little transition on you here because I want to talk about, uh, just a little bit, about Russia-Ukraine because it is important. And I kind of went off this morning on Twitter a little bit. I had a conversation with a guy and he kind of got me going. Have you noticed... <laughs> That every single member of Team Rona, okay, everybody that said we got to lock down, right? We got to we, we got to shut down your businesses. It'll just be a couple weeks of slow spread, uh, and then we got to get you got to get you vaccinated. Yep, that's gonna be mandatory. If you want to keep a job, it's gonna be mandatory. And then your kids, your kids got to wear some masks at school, and now we got to get them vaccinated. Yeah, all that's got to happen. Every one of those people, every one of them, are on Team Ukraine. There is no distinction. There's no difference whatsoever. Now, if you're me, 
and you believe in repeating patterns and pattern recognition, what does that tell us? It tells us Team Runa were a team of liars and control freaks and authoritarians, totalitarians, fascists. Why would they be any different with Team Ukraine? Look, I know it's a friendly crowd here, but this is the way I think. And when I speak, I try to make a point so that maybe it's educational for somebody that doesn't agree with me. So you don't have to say, well, you're just an idiot. Maybe I am. But I think the point I'm making is a pretty valid one. If I didn't want to be on Team Rona, and I never, ever, ever wanted to be on Team Rona from the beginning because it smelled like horse doo-doo from day one to me, that's the exact odor coming off of Team Ukraine. And it's the same people. Again, these are all patterns. World Economic Forum. These are all Team Ukraine people. World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab. George Soros. The Clintons. The Clinton Initiative. Biden. Obama's. Every Democrat. Every, every warmonger. Okay? They're all on Team Ukraine. And it doesn't matter what the issue is. It could be any issue. But if all those people are on that side, the side of that issue... I don't even have to know what the issue is. I'm playing it blind. I'm taking the other side. 100 out of 100 times. An easy call. And that's really kind of an easy way to find... In, in today's world, it's an easy way to find where the truth lies. Find out where all the liars are and say, okay, well, obviously, that's, they don't represent the truth. They're in it for money and for power and control. And it's the same thing happening with these, uh, uh, with, uh, with these uh, bioweapons labs. Have you ever seen anything so crazy? I'm not going to get into that now. It's just, it's just so, it's too easy, right? It's just too easy. Um, anyway, repeating patterns, they do matter. All right, uh, let's go back to the markets now because we had um, good internals, not great. These are bear market rally internals. They just are, but they were solid. I mean, uh, better than two to one NYSE. Uh, volume was really good. What is that? Let me do the quick math here. Uh, NYSE bought 73%. Uh, NYSE was 73% volume day. That's pretty good. You know, on a day like this, you'd like to see it closer to 80, but that's solid. Uh, same, same thing with NASDAQ. NASDAQ was about 3.5 to 1 positive, right at about 72% as well on the volume. But again, you look at 52 high lows. I mean, this is this is bear market stuff. We had just NASDAQ alone had 562 stocks at new 52-week lows. We had 390 also on NYSE. What does that get us? Close to 1,000? You know, so uh, we only had uh, 55 stocks at new 52-week highs. These are not good readings. But, again, the Fed means tomorrow. We know that the market loves Fed rates, rate hikes. It just does. And there's also something else I want to point out to you. This is from Ryan Dietrich at LPL. This is very interesting. So the VIX, the volatility index, just had 11 straight days above 30. And that sounds like a lot. It's not really. We, we had stretches like in the, uh, during the financial crisis. There were 100, 170 straight days that the VIX was above 30. Isn't that crazy? But there's a lot of it going back uh, to what does this go back to uh, the creation of the VIX, really, which was like in the, in the 90s. There's a lot of these days where a, a lot of these uh, periods where, you know, it's 40, 50 days in a row. But we're 11. So that ended today because the VIX closed today below 30. So what happens next? That's what's interesting. When the VIX reverses after having been up more than 10 days in a row and it goes back below 30, here's what happens. 
the average gain, this is using SP of, SP of 100, the average gain for the next three months is uh, 9%. And the market's up 84% of the time. Right? Interesting. Over the next six months, the average return is 12.5% and it's up 83% as well. And then over the next year, the average gain is close to 22%. And the market's higher 92% of the time. And this just happened today. So this is interesting. It's something we'll keep our eye on here. You know, uh, I love this, these kind of esoteric, you know, uh, analytics that we get. Uh, you know, a lot, of them, a lot of them don't hold up, <laughs> and some of them do. The seasonality stuff has kind of hit, been hit or miss. But, you know, so many, so many people are studying this now that it tends not to work quite as well as it used to, I think. But I think I find that interesting. We'll see if it holds up. Also, though, you know, uh, we wrote this today. This is interesting, too. You know, we just had the worst three-day stretch we've had this year for the equity-only put-call ratio. We had three straight days where the uh, puts, puts were a .60 or better, puts over calls. And what that means essentially is people were buying a lot of puts and three in a row, days in a row, it's been that high. It's very elevated. That's a contrary indicator. So it, we kind of expected this move today. Uh, but also, and we've talked about this as well, you know, we're really big. We're, we're investor sentiment freaks here because it's so important. We're there. Anytime you get the fear and greed index down to these levels, we're, you know, we got down to 13 the other day. I think it's 16 today. Uh, AAI is down to 24% bulls. It got down to 19. You know, we're getting to those levels where so many people are bearish. They sold. So who's left to sell? That's kind of the way you look at it. Uh, we're not to that quite extreme, like a two or anything. But uh, again, for rallies like this, it's a great setup. Remember this, you know, remember this. Because if this bear market rally, if this bear market goes on for a while, we'll want to be able to use these again, right? Um, and also... The uh, investors' intelligence uh, survey got down to levels where it just says, you know what, this is where you buy. This is where you buy. These are just levels when you buy because people have given up on the market. So there you go. All right. Uh, in our sector watch today, uh, we had uh, 10 sectors finish higher, one finish lower. Led to the upside by technology, of course, had been so beaten up. Uh, today up 3.4%. Consumer discretion up 3.4% as well. And then... Um, uh, we had to the downside, energy, of course. Energy got clocked today uh, down to 3.4%. Let's talk about uh, the commodity watch today because, again, this is not, not – look, we covered this last week, didn't we? Any time on the VRA investing system, and, of course, you can do this yourself using momentum oscillators. Any time you get to extreme overbought levels, like, like on steroids, you know, where it's off the chart, red, redlining, as we call it, Anytime you get there, that's just not a good time to own something. You know, I, I, hear, I hear people that argue with me on this, but they're wrong. They, they're just wrong. Because, yeah, you want to have strong relative strength, right? But if you're a shorter-term trader, or even if somebody that just doesn't want to buy, you just don't want to be buying at tops, this really matters. And it mattered last week, which is why we talked about it, um, when both energy, oil, and XLE, the energy stocks, and precious metals and miners. They all hit extreme overbought. And so it wasn't necessarily a sell signal for us, although we did take some profits, but it certainly was a, a point not to buy. And that's the key point I want to make today. You know, use these momentum oscillators, stochastics, uh, very, if you just want to use one, just use that, stochastics, right? Stochastics. You get redlining either way, on the up, upside or downside, overbought, oversold, 
that's your indicator to, you know what, find something else or just don't buy it here. Oh, you know what? And if I got great gains, maybe I hedge with some puts, you know, or yeah, maybe I take profits. Just don't buy there. Bad things happen at extreme overbought on steroids. They just do over and over and over again. It's a great trading pattern, by the way, if you want to looking for one thing to trade short, short anything at extreme overbought, you're going to tend to do very well. Um, so let's take a look today at our commodity watch because, again, they did get overbought, extreme overbought. That's now going the other direction. Okay, we are working off those extreme overbought levels pretty nicely, by the way. And uh, we're now actually, uh, we tried to buy energy today. We didn't get filled in our position, but uh, I like this group here. I like energy, XLE, and GDX, the miners, very much. Today, gold uh, down $41 an ounce at $19.18. I did not see that print that low. All right, I will use it. 1918 an ounce. I thought it closed at 1930. I don't know where that, maybe it's a bad print. Down 41, 19, we use that. Uh, silver, down, not too bad. Silver down 20 cents an ounce at 2509. Uh, copper down 2.3 cents a pound. Again, turquoise hill, right? Down, uh, just down a bit today at 449 a pound. Uh, and uh, for oil, again, down $8 today an ounce, a barrel at $95 a barrel. Working off perfectly working off those extreme robot conditions. We think XLE was very, XLE has pulled back to the 21 EMA. That support line has served as support for the entirety of this year. Kind of like NASDAQ has served as resistance, right? 21 EMA is just the flip side of that. So I think XLE looks interesting here. We're going to try to buy some tomorrow. And um, also GDX, you know, the miners have been a great place to invest and uh, really went parabolic. And they just got overbought. You know, now it's time to look at those names again. Um, and that's what we're doing here. Finally today, uh, Bitcoin been very quiet. Uh, still trading below 40. It was 39,445, uh, up 714 on the day. And folks, that's all we have time for the day. Hope you had a great day. Always appreciate you joining us. And we'll see you back here tomorrow after the close.